Testing, testing. Still way too loud. Can you get Jamie? Can you please come get Ellie? Okay, let's try this again. You're listening to The Neurodivergent Nurse, and I'm your host, Jamie. I'm a registered nurse who has ADHD. On this podcast, we will talk all things ADHD. I'm really just beginning to learn about this diagnosis and how to navigate through it. But I am so excited to take you on this messy and raw journey with me so that we can learn together. So let's get started. Hello, my neurodivergent friends. It is 2023. I wanted to talk to you for several weeks now. If you cannot tell by my voice, it has been difficult to record a podcast. And right now it's also difficult. So warning, if you can't handle this squeaky goose-like voice, this is not the episode for you to tune into because it's not going to get better. As you know, my mom passed away a couple hours before Thanksgiving ticked over. And honestly, since then, I've been battling all types of respiratory stuff. I went back to work and it has been a struggle. It has really been a tough time. I think that me being worn down emotionally and sad because I I am typically happy. I am a very positive person, even in the face of adversity and things like that. But I do think that emotionally, when we get worn down, our immune system kind of follows suit. So I apologize for sounding like this, but I really did not want to wait another week, two weeks, a month before I got to talk to you again. And you people, you're my people. And I've missed you a whole lot. Let's talk about some house cleaning since November, December. I know the last episode was about gaslighting and ADHD because of what a terrible person was actually doing to me that inspired it. But I have been revamping my podcast room. If you are a paid subscriber to Instagram or the Patreon, then you know all about that. If you hear an echo, that's why I still have not finished this whole project. Again, I'm so sorry. All I do is apologize, right? (laughs) But anyhow, I have kicked off a sign-up for a trip to Spain in October with me. Yeah, that's right. I know that I had the survey out about where you may possibly want to go, and it turns out everyone who was eligible, they wanted to go to Spain. If this sounds like something that you may want to do, that you may want to go and hang out with me for a week from October 9th to October 15th of this year, go to the link that's in the show notes. Or if you want to go to Instagram, the link in my bio, you can sign up there. There's also payment plans. And I mean, let's be honest, if you're listening to this, you have ADHD. So you know that a large chunk of money is not easy to deal with paying, but with payment plans, you can go ahead and start putting that money down a little bit by little bit, and you really don't feel the burden. And we get to meet and have a great time. And we're also going to have a couple ADHD sessions there while traveling around Spain. I don't know. I think that sounds flipping amazing, don't you? 
So go sign up because I really want to hang out with you for a week in an amazing country that I've never been to. And we get to experience the fullness and the fun together. If you're part of the Patreon, I am sending out postcards. So look for that in the mail. Also, the Instagram paid subscribers too. You count in that. So make sure that you keep an eye out for where I spent my New Year's Eve and just a little note saying thank you and I appreciate you so very much. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. One very last thing that you may want to keep an eye out for, speaking of paid subscribers and people from the Patreon account, I have started two webinars. I did one in November, and it went really, really well. I decided that I was going to do one again January 14th for flash emotions and ADHD and how to manage that better. I only opened it up to 50 spots. Paid subscribers. And Patreon members, they got free tickets. And it was sold out in a little over a week. I had one person on Instagram who was hilarious. And they wrote, I think that I deserve a spot because someone who has signed up weeks in advance, they clearly don't have ADHD. Because we're obviously last minute people. Keep your eye out because the spots are limited. I may start doing this every month. I don't know. It depends on my time frame. But so far, it has gone well. If you don't want to pay the $25 per webinar, then maybe it would be a better idea for you to become a Patreon member or a paid Instagram subscriber. But you still have to go on and you have to reserve your free ticket in advance because there are limited seats and they're going faster and faster. And also, if you are an Instagram subscriber, if you're a Patreon member, then you also, if you couldn't be there that day to reserve that ticket, then you're going to get to see and have access to the link that goes through it all and the education that is provided. So take that into consideration. Again, link in bio if you want to be a Patreon member or if you want to become a paid subscriber to the Instagram account. So let's get down to the nitty gritty of the podcast today. Again, I'm so sorry if this is content that you really want to hear, but yet you just can't stand my voice right now. I'm so sorry. I wish I could do something about it. There has been a theme that has been around at least since November that I've been talking about consistently and it just keeps coming up over and over and over again 
And that has to do with healthy boundaries when you have ADHD. Because let's be honest, adults with ADHD, we really do struggle with boundaries. We struggle with enforcing our boundaries or respecting other people's boundaries. And sometimes we struggle with both. I'm sure that you know. But boundaries are rules that you set for yourself based on your values and your priorities. Some of your boundaries are automatically in place without you having to be consciously aware of them. Like if a stranger stands too close to you, without thinking about it, you're going to step away in order to create a physical space that you're comfortable with. When I was a nursing student, I was taught that there were different boundaries when it came to proximity that people would tend to keep the intimate space for our closest relationships that we allow in is zero to 18 inches apart from us. Personal space for family and friends is 18 to four feet of distance. And the social space and the public space for strangers is over 10 feet. A whole lot of people might even argue that adding the six feet social distancing requirement from COVID-19 is an additional proximity that we add to all of that. But let's be honest, all that is cool information to know, what I learned in nursing school, neat. But the type of boundaries that I'm talking about goes far beyond just the physical you cannot pass type of situation that I'm talking about. I'm talking about emotional boundaries. I'm talking about things to keep us emotionally safe that will benefit your relationship, that will benefit your mental health that we struggle with with ADHD. First of all, I want to rewind back to childhood and the mentality that we had against boundaries. Because if you have ADHD, it is likely that you bend and you mold yourself to make other people comfortable. I mean, this could go back to things that are implied like school dress codes. Sometimes it is more direct. Like, I don't care if you don't want to hug your grandfather. It's rude if you don't do it. But the truth is, it's always there. So it's no wonder that some of us find it difficult to set appropriate boundaries as we get older. We don't want to offend or hurt other people, even when that avoidance ultimately means hurting ourselves. We've been taught from a young age to put the feelings of other people ahead of our own needs to the point that so many of us don't even know the answer to the question, what are boundaries? So, of course, if we don't know what are boundaries, how are we going to know how to set them? And did you know that researchers found that the violation of personal space can cause discomfort and personal experience tells most of us that discomfort caused by boundary violations, it can lead to anxiety and it can lead to fallout in our relationships, both personal and professional. When we talk about personal boundaries, they are simply the lines that we draw for ourselves in terms of our level of comfort around others. These boundaries may have to do with physical contact, you may not feel comfortable hugging a person that you've just met. It could have to do with verbal interactions, not wanting a friend or family member to speak down to you, or even a spouse, or our own personal space. Choosing not to have others in your home when you're not there, or when you are there. These boundaries, they normally fall into a few specific categories. 
Those categories include emotional, you protecting your own emotional well-being, your physical, protecting your own physical space, sexual, protecting our needs and safety sexually, workplace, which goes into protecting our ability to do our work without interference or drama, our material boundaries, that is protecting our personal belongings in time, protecting the use and misuse of our time. Our personal boundaries can also exist in a variety of situations, which include at work, at home, when visiting family, when out with friends, and even in a difficult marriage. But listen, I understand not all boundaries are really that easy. Trust me, over the last month or two, I have recognized the difficulty that people have with setting boundaries. I also have recognized what happens when those boundaries aren't set and the terrible things that come to pass. Sometimes you don't know what your boundaries really are, so you can't enforce them if you don't know what you really need to take. Other times, you know a boundary has been crossed, but you really need to develop your assertiveness or confidence to muscle to be able to enforce it. Even if it feels uncomfortable at first, it's worth strengthening your boundaries because healthy boundaries are vital for you to feel happy, to be physically healthy, and to have a good relationship with everyone that you want in your life. A couple benefits of having clear and strong boundaries are one, you feel happier because you're paying attention to your innate moral compass and you're allowing that to guide you. Number two, you have better relationships at work and at home. You're not allowing people to cross your boundaries. There's no feelings of resentment. When this happens, you feel respected. Number three, you have increased energy. Do you feel like your energy is sucked away from you? If yes, this could be a culprit because when you are constantly giving people more of your resources than you feel comfortable, your energy gets depleted. Having healthy boundaries means having a lot of physical and mental energy. Number four, you have increased self-confidence. You trust yourself to look after your own needs. Number five, you're more productive because you have clear time boundaries and because you have more energy, what I just talked about. And number six, you have greater self-respect. This is such a nice side effect of other people respecting you, and it also increases your self-confidence. So you may be asking, how do you know what a good boundary is? The thing with boundaries is they're very personal. The best way to know if one of your boundaries is being crossed is to notice how you feel in everyday situations. If you feel a negative emotion like resentment, or anger, if you feel uncomfortable, a pit in your stomach, or resistance, then that is a sign your boundaries have been crossed. For example, if a friend asks to borrow your car, you don't feel comfortable letting them borrow it, but you say yes. Then what happens? Your inner voice may be shouting, I hate when they ask me things like this. Why do they always ask me? That is a clue. Physical sensations in your body, like a sinking feeling or an off sensation or a sense of dread. Some other clues that you may want to hone into to know where your boundaries need to lie include your emotions. You might feel taken advantage of or even angry. Let's look at your behavior. You might drag your feet in making things happen. 
You might procrastinate in meeting them to hand over your keys, or you might arrive late, or you might even lose your keys. These are all signs your material boundary has been crossed. In contrast, if a friend asks to borrow your car, and you really do want to lend it to them, you might feel happy that you could help them out. You're going to feel pleased that they asked you and even go out of your way to make sure that they get your keys. Now, let's talk about how to create a personal boundary. When you start to create and enforce your boundaries, unfortunately, that means that you're going to have to say no to people. For example, no, I don't want to do that. I don't want to go there. I don't want to lend you my car. Uh, Even the thought of that hurts my soul. So I understand. Other things included? No, I don't want to talk about that personal topic. I need to remind you, even though it is so uncomfortable, you are allowed to say no. And you know what? You don't have to give a reason. I love when people say no is a complete sentence. Because it is. And I know that this can feel earth shattering if you're used to always saying yes. Or if you were raised to be an accommodating and selfless person. I'm going to also tell you, if people aren't used to you saying no, they may try to get you to change your mind. But I need you to stay strong. Changing how you operate feels threatening to people. Because it forces them to change too. Remind them that you still love them, but that it's still a no. If you're a people pleaser, if you fear rejection, if you're codependent, then saying no can really feel scary. Not just a little bit scary, but a deep, I'm not sure I will survive this. If this is you, have a support team that you have in place when you start to set your boundaries. Maybe a therapist a coach, a 12-step program. There are 12-step programs for codependents or supportive friends. A couple quick steps that could help you in having the conversation with someone you need to set boundaries with, especially emotional boundaries, because they don't always have to do with how others talk and treat us, but I mean, more often they do. And they aren't always things that we think to set until after a boundary has already been crossed. This is okay, though. Let's say you got into an argument with someone and they called you an unkind name or they just told you how you were a terrible spouse for all of these years. Once you have both calmed down, the best way to set an emotional boundary with that person is to, one, approach them. Number two, you need to ask to speak about the argument that you just had. Number three, own any part that you may have played in the argument that went awry. Number four, tell them that you are not okay with name calling and that you will need them to engage without stooping to that level in the future. Let's talk about setting physical boundaries. Let's say that you're not comfortable with someone shaking hands. I mean, that's a social norm. There may be reasons why a person may not be comfortable with doing this, especially since COVID-19 happened. The best way to set this boundary is before it even becomes an issue. When you meet someone new, wave at them from a few feet away. Smile and say, I don't shake hands, but I am so glad to meet you. Also, don't feel the need to apologize or explain yourself beyond that. This same tactic of saying something before a boundary is crossed works for physical boundaries, like not wanting hugs or being touched by someone that you don't know. Plus, if someone is in your physical space, Consider saying, 
I get uncomfortable when people are too close to me. Do you mind taking a step back? Remember, boundaries are healthy and you're allowed to set your own. Let's talk about setting sexual boundaries. When beginning a new intimate relationship, it's always a good idea to sit down with your partner first so that you can discuss each other's sexual boundaries. As someone with ADHD, I know that it can be very, very uncomfortable when you get in the moment because you are likely a people pleaser and you may cross boundaries that you honestly don't feel comfortable with. So as you feel the relationship taking the steps towards that sexual side, talk about what you do not feel comfortable with, what you don't like. So that way they know it's very clear, it's defined, and they don't have to worry about emotionally hurting you, physically hurting you, or just making you uncomfortable in general. And from there, you can communicate things that you're not comfortable with in an intimate situation. Next, let's move on to setting workplace boundaries. The best way to establish workplace boundaries is to first set the tone and how you can conduct yourself professionally. This should reflect the personal, professional manner that you hope others will return when they engage with you. From there, setting workplace boundaries is often just a matter of waiting until a boundary has been crossed before assessing the situation. For instance, if a colleague talks down to you in a meeting, you can approach them afterward and explain why that was unacceptable and what you need from them in the future. If you have a colleague who routinely violates your work boundaries, don't hesitate to get human resources involved. I touched on this slightly, but let's talk about setting material boundaries. Let's say you have a camper that a close friend wants to borrow for a trip with their family. You're open to letting them use it, but you also want to make sure they take care of it in the same way that you would. In this case, it is perfectly acceptable to outline your boundaries for care in writing, providing instructions for cleanup and general care, Written instructions placed inside the camper would be more simple for your friend to look back to, and they also help make your boundaries very clear. And I feel like that also takes away from the discomfort that you may have with having that conversation with them. I hope this episode will help you to start making very clear and healthy boundaries in 2023. Because when you don't, it doesn't always just hurt you. It can hurt other people that you're in relationships with. It can help potential relationships in the future. But regardless, it is good for you to have these very clear things so that you can make sure that you are respected the way that you deserve. No matter if it is at home, no matter if it's in the workplace, no matter if it is in a new relationship. You deserve that. You deserve to be respected as who you are. I hope you have a great week. I'm so sorry for <laughs> the poor quality of my voice, but I've missed you and I can't wait to talk to you again.